0: Price to, to everything even your own success welcome to another episode of the tag network you know as we promised we're going to give you subject matter experts it's the usual suspects again with the uh, you know,
1: a familiar face. You haven't yeah, seen you in some time. What's going on, guys? Just behind the scenes, you know? Just getting up. The, the good-looking good Eunice. Ah, <laughs> boy. Yeah, let's get right into it. if me you want to start it No, for sure. Uh, we hold have, on, hold on.
2: Just, because there's twins on the episodes. so this is Josh, not me.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: No, we have, um, you know, a, a young mogul in the making, I would say. We don't throw around the term legend very loosely, but I think it's a very fitting term. Yeah. Uh, CEO of an up-and-coming company in the solar industry. You know, we have Waleed Halti joining us today. How you doing, brother?
3: Good, man. Appreciate you guys. Good to be on. For those
0: that don't know you, could you give a little insight to us a little bit about the story and, you know, how you got here?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So currently I'm the CEO of a 300-person company. You know, we're, we're a tech company focused on solar, battery, EV charging. And when I started, which was like eight years ago, I started at City, which is now Tesla salesperson, door to doors, like, you know, low barrier to entry. And I just wanted to work really hard. I'm like, dude, I'm going to figure this out. I want to get rich one way or another. Figured it out after a while, became top salesperson, sales manager. Then I got offered to start a company with someone as VP of sales. We ended up selling that fairly early, took some time off and started DaVinci. Uh, and it's been a journey ups and downs and, and all that. And yeah, excited for this episode.
2: Sounds like you started your career in solo, right? So let's just talk yeah. about a little bit like what what's your passion behind solar? I think about this a lot. It wasn't for solar specifically, like to be
3: frank, I just wanted to make a lot of money. Nice. And <laughs> I I fo- I followed the money, right? I just where is the mo- where is the value being created? And for the skill set I had at the time, which was sales, I was okay at it. I was like what can I apply myself and maximize return and the value I could create? And it happened to be that it was in the solar industry. It could have been selling rocket ships or mm-hmm. freaking pizza. It's at that point that's what it was
2: a lot of guests we've interviewed right it seems like sales is a trend right sales i think it's i love love this, you to talk about the importance of sales and how that helped you in your career right today
3: yeah every every uh product needs it every company needs it and if you know if you want to contribute to the economy you kind of look at what are the possible ways that i can contribute and you could do tech finance marketing sales etc and like sales you don't need technical experience you don't need to go to school and all that it's a low barrier to entry. You could start with nothing and figure it out. And so I think it's important. And you can make a shit ton of money. Uh, excuse my language, right? And uh, return. So it makes sense to start there if you want to start somewhere. Communication is so important with anything, right? With friends, family. Key for me was I didn't know if it was always going to be sold, but I knew if I learned sales and I used it as an opportunity, I could apply in other industries. Sure. And I knew if I lost everything, I would have that skill set and I could apply it to to make it all over again. Oh. So. I think sales is the mo- one of the most important skill sets for sure. I
2: think it's a, it's a billion dollar skill.
0: So you worked at you know SolarCity before you know it became Tesla. You know Elon's vision. You know Elon is very big on clean energy. Did that sort of impact you and push you more and give you that reassurance? Like yeah, I picked the right industry to be in. Yeah,
3: it definitely felt good uh, knowing that. I I wouldn't. I think if I was doing something unethical, I would have quit quickly. And I kept selling myself over time. I kept getting more and more bought in. And I didn't appreciate, I didn't appreciate it at the time. But once I started trying to do my own thing, I started to really appreciate. Like, you know, there's only so many there's there's only so many unique opportunities where you could do good for the world and make make you know do do good for yourself. And so now my appreciation is, appreciation is so high for it for sure.
1: Just to like bring it back a little bit. So we were at UMass Amherst together, and. Just out of curiosity, when you were at UMass Amherst, did you know what you wanted to study? What did you want to do when you graduated?
3: No idea. Yeah, I had no idea, honestly. Um, I knew I was going to be successful and I knew I was going to figure it out. And that was like, I think the most important piece. And then I tried a few things and ultimately the path led me to start in sales and in solar and I wouldn't have been successful in it if, at that point, if I didn't, if there wasn't such a good culture and me- and mentorship at Solar City at that point, that I just got under the wing of someone that was already succeeding, and I was just an absolute sponge, right? I was just like, I need to know everything you know because clearly you're doing something right, and I got I got to do it as well. Um, and so that that's kind of what what pro- started propelling the career a little bit.
1: Wow. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, a couple people that we interviewed. It's always like a turning point. I'm trying to figure it out, trying to see what you like or don't like. And then you kind of like see somebody that's at the point that you want to get to. And you start trying to like mold yourself to to follow the footsteps or get into that trajectory that they had. What kind of like was that turning point for you? Like, I was partying too much. The trajectory was like, this
3: is not looking good if I continue on this way. And there was like a decision I had to, I was like, that's it, I got to figure this out. And uh, once I don't know when it was like sophomore year, like seconds, I was like, that's it, I can't, I gotta go home and I got I gotta figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that you guys know what I'm talking. There's always that decision that you can remember at some point with something, whether it's your health or relationship or whatever. And there was a decision I made and that was it. That was like that, that, you know, and uh, and that's when I when I left UMass, I still didn't have direction. I wish I wish I did. I was like, I went back home, I became a bus boy. And, but then when I saw my friend was making all this money, you know, working at solar city, I'm like, if this guy could do it, you know, this, (laughs) this, this, this schmuck, I can do it, you know? And, uh, and, and, you know, what I learned was he also had a mentor of course, and that was the reason he was doing successful was he just was, was emulating the formula, right? It was just X, Y, Z, and you just do X, Y, Z and it worked for him. So there were like two, two turning points. One was making that decision. The second was seeing someone that was already doing it.
0: So you know, let's let's do a little bit of a you know deep dive as to so you had left, you became a busboy, and then you went to solar city. You know all that going on in your head. We you know the in- energy industry has been monopolized by fossil fuels, right? So why did you know solar was going to be just a disruptor of this giant monopoly? And when you were starting to, the idea of sort matriculating in your head, how did you know that you were going to be able to you know disrupt and take a piece of that market share from something that was already monopolized?
3: Uh, well, back then I was like, I have nothing to lose. Right. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. Right. Like, what do I, I go back to being broke. <laughs> I was already broke. So, uh, and it made sense, right? Like if you can, if the hypothesis, if you can actually get all your power from the sun, hypothetically, and you could just do it from your roof, like, and, it, and these were the economics. Why the hell not? Mm. I could sell this all day long, you know? And so for me, that was the, the, the initial thesis. I could do that, which is why I did sales there and then over time um i realized how young of an industry it was even though it was growing like doubling every two years nobody had shit figured out not even elon musk or anyone else you know two and a half percent market adoption uh so all the systems were outdated uh cancellation rate was like 50 percent et etc cetera, et cetera. and at that time at one point when i was there people weren't like i just thought people weren't making enough effort to make change and i was young and dumb and i'm like I could probably do some of this. And I just took a crack at it, man. And, and you know, I wish I knew more back then, but I'm glad I did. Uh, because it, it taught me that uh, if, if you believe in something enough and there is, there is like a window, you know, of like where there's value that be created, anybody can, can create a business out of it and and provide that value. And in in energy, there's a lot of work that has to be done. No one company is going to, you know, do, you know, kind of, uh, pivot the direction in any one way, everyone's got to kind of come together in our space and, uh, and our,
2: our, we're, we're playing a part in that. Yeah, no, that's big. I mean, it sounds like it was a a tough, tough journey trying to figure that out and entering a new business. But I mean, tell us a little more about DaVinci, right? The the listeners are like, what's the current standing of the business?
3: Yeah. Uh, business model has been changing. So two years ago, we made a pivot for the, the first two years in business. We were doing sales and some installation work and we created our own software to fix some of these issues, to uh, to f- finance projects, to do the sales process, et cetera. And they were working well for us. And then two years ago, we had this insight, well, why don't we try to make this software available to other solar companies? Because it's working for us. So we did that and we spent all of 2020 hacking away, creating, that, creating the software, testing it out, giving it to users, getting feedback, modeling pricing. And then we figured it out. We, people were willing to start paying and paying and paying for it and the long story short is, you know, end of 2020, around November, we raised our seed round, we raised $4 million, then we raised five. Uh, and now we raised To date, we've raised 11 million and we're closing now on a $30 million series a, wow. and it, you know, it was just, the thesis is this, it was this, so every, every company in our space is using spit and glue solutions. They're using Salesforce and they're connecting 15, 20 different tools to it. And it works, but our industry is so unique that it doesn't really work well enough and it's not. It needs to be modernized. So our, our initiative is how do we use software to modernize a lot of it? And, uh, you know, the, uh, t- so today DaVinci, uh, is a software solution for these companies, we have companies as small as doing a million a year, and we have six customers that are doing 300 million a year in, uh, in business on our platform. And we do everything from, uh, automated customer acquisition, project financing, CRM invoicing, uh, and it's, it's again, it's a very custom space. So there's over 75 different variables and, and, and our industry needs a solution like this. So we're taking a crack at, uh, at making a modern solution. Right. Yeah, so that's what DaVinci does, yeah. It's a lot, of, a lot of boring stuff in the background.
1: Uh, I know that the way that you think and how you were molded to be like that, I know you had some crew, like, great mentors that helped you to share with us like, a couple of people that played a really big role. In, yeah, And how that's it-
3: been my greatest hack that the mentorship man is literally I, not, not just for the sake of the show, it's been my biggest hack. And when I started, so I, like I said, when I started solar city, I had a few mentors. It's whatever I had access to at that point. And then I realized I could have access to these types of mentors. And then as my reputation and status grew, I could access more mentors. Right. And, and I was, then I started seeking them because I knew they had information that I needed that is going to take me a lot of time to figure out on my own. So like today, I've got like 12 different mentors. One of them uh his name is Ben Rubinstein. He's the chief revenue of OpCity. Uh or sorry, Realtor.com. He's he wow. sold OpCity for 300 million in under 2 years to Op City, to Realtor and then prior to that he sold the company Yodel for like 300 million or so as well. And he built a similar business in real estate, which is why I wanted to reach out to him specifically. It took me a long time to get a hold of him like 6 months. Another guy Rags uh Gupta He's a uh, president of a tech company today, but he sold his previous company for 10 X revenues. It was an ad tech. Uh, I've got a bunch of VCs that are mentors. You know, I've got, and I apply that same approach to, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been boxing for the last year. And so I'm very particular with who, which coaches I work with. I want to find the best that have done it. And I just, I go deep with them, not, not wide. I'm not trying to get a bunch of mentors in one, get one, do the diligence, make sure they're the right fit. Make sure they have, what I want to achieve or they've done it in some capacity and then go in. And what I've learned is not to be so bought in that if at some point I've, I've maximized my mentorship with them, I got to find another mentor. Yeah. And I, and that was initially an ego thing for me. I was like, I don't want to f- make them feel bad because I want, I've outgrown them. But late, lately, like over the last six months, I've just been honest with myself and, and I, I now I'm leveling up and finding more mentors as I'm growing as an entrepreneur and leader. So th- those are a few uh, and, and there's many others in different dynamics.
0: Thank you for giving that insight. So 2 pole question is how, you said, trying to reach one was, took you six months. How did you find the mentors and just, you know, not to make every, you know, relationship monolithic, but how do they usually evolve to the point that, you know, mm, time to go on to the next one?
3: Yeah, I've just been, again, like having honest conversations with myself. If I'm asked, I come usually prepared with questions. What am I struggling with? What do, I, what do I need to improve? What's how can I maximize this mentor's value? And I'll come up with questions like, X, you know, this question, that question, and I'll ask them. And if I'm not getting clear enough answers, or I, you know, I, I feel like I just it, it's a feeling thing for me for at this point, and it's really hard to explain. Then I look for I start looking for for others. But the trick for me now has been don't find someone that's only at. Let's say I'm a chapter ten of my life, right, in business. Don't find someone that's in chapter 20. I'm trying to find someone in chapter 100 mm-hmm. so that I don't go through too many mentors, you know? Uh, and, and so that's that's what it's been like for, for me recently. But I, I totally understand that a lot of people don't have that kind of access and awareness. So they do gotta go through the like, you find someone just a little better than you today and, and they help you. like, a, And then you find someone a little better than them. Uh, and then you find someone a little better. And it's just gotta be a constant, constant reevaluation and journey. And if by doing that, having an honest assessment regularly, I think people
2: know people, you just know that like, I can't get any more value here. You know, it sounds like mentorship has been like a, a vital role to your success. And like, well, Karen, what would you say like the most tangible thing you've got from, from all, all the mentorship you've got? Like-
3: so like I got an advisor last year, uh, that was, and I it took me going through like 300 different people from LinkedIn. And I was looking for local, entrepreneurs that had already sold companies and been successful and raised a ton of money from VCs. And I went through many, I talked, had interviews with some, and I found one that I was impressed with. So I, we set up a relationship, I'm like, hey, I don't know in what capacity, but look, here's what I wanna do with my business. Here's what we're doing. I love your background, it's impressive, and I need some help raising money. Can you help? And that, that he was open to it, because he was a very good and honest and, and caring person. And he helped me raise my seed round, which was back in 2020. He helped me raise $4 million. uh, And uh, he helped me with my pitch deck. He helped me with finding the right investors, with how to outreach to them, with going through the pipeline of how to filter them and treating it like a sales process, how to be, have leverage in the negotiations. So that's a tangible one. And if I didn't, it would have taken, it took me three months to raise the round, maybe like two. It would have probably taken me eight because I would have, can you help? Tested and all that, so that's a tangible example.
0: Yeah. So I want to stay on that point right there. Actually, the rate, the raising around, right? There's going to be a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, whether looking to start or already started, that are thinking about that. Can you explain what that process is like? And you know, there's, you're again, it's your idea, it's your baby, and somebody's literally buying into it and taking a piece of you. Can, can you highlight what that process is like and the importance of it to get to your ultimate end goal? Yeah,
3: uh, I would say. Where, where I'm at with my understanding of it is you got to detach from the process. First of all, you can't be attached to it. You got to treat your business and the opportunity separate. You can't get too emotional. And then you start looking at it like objectively and say, OK, what is my business and what is it trying to do? And how can I pitch this in a very short, concise manner? Um, and so you got to get good at explaining your business to a dummy. You can't like it can't take you more than two sentences to explain it. And it takes a lot of iteration to do that. You got to get good at displaying, like having, you know, deck talk about the opportunity and just get a real understanding of it. Uh, and you're, and it's kind of a journey of while you're putting your deck together and learning how to pitch it, you're also learning more about your business at the same time. Like very deep. You got to get deep into the market. What's the go-to-market strategy? What's the market opportunity? What's the addressable market? Then you get good at um, how do I compare with competitors, right? You go deep with every. If, use it as an opportunity. Don't just try to like, I, at first, I was trying to cut corners. Let me let me make it sound good. No, it's like understand it. Then you get good at, um, you know, asking. So the ask part, which is like, uh, how much money are you asking for, and what do you you know what you think the value of the business is, and you got to get good at all of that. And um, then you get good at pitching. It's a skill. It's a skill set. Um, it's and it should be treated like a skill set. It's there's a lot of sales involved, but it's a whole skill in itself. And if it's an entrepreneur wants to get good at scaling. In a, in a way where you can access other people's money, it's gotta be treated like a skill and you gotta go through the journey of learning it. And there's no other way to put it. Like you gotta get good at every every bit of it because if you raise money now, you're gonna raise money again and again and again. And once you get good at it, like it took me to, I, I raised money twice already for the company. It took me like a 10th of the effort the second time because I knew what to do, right? Like I just knew it. And uh, and it's actually you know, what I learned, it's actually easier now for me to raise more money than it is to raise less it's the same effort there's just a different person writing a bigger check so i i, I advise any entrepreneur to treat it like a skill set and to to enjoy the process of learning it and to and to and to just you know you're gonna have, and then like the first pitch i ever did was the worst like i failed miserably but then like 20 30 pitches later i'm like dude i could it was like bam 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 so it's it's like you know you guys pitch something enough times you eventually know what resonates what doesn't uh, what, what, are, what are the like words that make them drool, right? Like as well, like AI and automation and software and all that stuff. And, uh, and but you learn it in going through it and it's, it's not it's not difficult. It's just, you gotta go, you just gotta spend a little time on it. So that, that'd be my recommendation.
1: Absolutely, I like that. I like that a lot. So I mean, you, you've done a lot of stuff to this point. Like what, what are you working on next? Like what's, what's look, what is it looking like for Waleed in the next five years?
3: Yeah, so like I said, we're at three hundred employees, and uh, my goal is to try to create the most amount of value through this company as possible until until it makes m- more sense for someone else to take it on. And so ultimately, you know, we would we would exit either going public or SPAC or some sort of acquisition. Um, and uh, once we've maximized the value, and we feel like a partner can can whether, you know can take us on and and create more value in our in our industry. And in and, and doing so, my ultimate goal, man, is I want to have the best employee experience possible for our employees like the best customer experience possible i want to create real value uh, i want to love it i love what i'm doing and enjoy the journey uh, as an entrepreneur and leader and work with great people like i've worked with shitty people and okay people and now i've learned i can do so much by having great people around me and so my goal is continue working with the best in the world because it's just different i love it right you guys know it. when you work with someone great it's like you, you can do things right and you, you can count on them and so for me, that's what it is. And in parallel, uh, I'm doing a lot of like other stuff on the side, like, you know, I'm doing the boxing thing for fun and it's pushing me to new levels. I've got some other stuff I'm working on behind the scene that I just, you know, just want to enjoy and, and push my, my ability as a human to the next level and see what I can do, you know? Uh, so that's, you know, trying to have fun that way too, bro.
0: Just a, just a follow up with that, you know, you, typically they say the one thing, right? And it says, you know, you want to put your undivided intention into when you're doing something, but you're challenging that norm because, you know, like you said, your main focus is the company as well, but you're doing other passion projects. How do you apportion the appropriate time to each and making sure, you know, whenever you're in one mode, you're giving it a hundred percent? Yeah, yeah, down. yeah.
3: that's what it is. That's all it is when you're doing something a hundred percent. So I'll give you an example, actually, like this is my uh, I don't know, if you, but this is my schedule here and I write it down. And I, I got every every. 20 minutes scheduled from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. every every day here. I'm not sure if you could see it. And so when I'm meditating, it's got 100%. I'm not thinking about it. Reading, not thinking about it. When I got my tech meeting, I'm only thinking about tech. Customer calls, only customer. exec call, only exec. Leadership call, only leadership, right? Uh, interview only. And so that's what, but it's, it's a difficult question for me because as a CEO, my job is to, Make so many decisions all day long that and to, to maximize execution in my company. And so it's it's a it's a difficult thing to do the one thing, but that's my one thing, is to optimize the company and the value. Uh, and I'm getting better. Where where I'm learning my my biggest skill set is deal making, mm-hmm. and transaction transacting and the sales process. So the the sale of bringing in a new a C level hire, closing them, closing a a big deal uh, closing, uh, a partnership. And so I'm trying to maximize my time there. Anything that's not that I'm hiring other people or delegating. So they do everything else, like finding the people, like doing the legal work. I'm, I'm having, so I can focus on what I want to do and what brings me the most energy, but I think everyone, again, everyone's kind of got their own dream to figure that out. It is it's a always, everyone's got that one niche that you figure out. It's like, this is what brings me the most energy. Uh, and that's what I think people should over time spend most of their time on. Um, so I mean,
2: listen. You 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 schedule every twenty minutes. So we know your time valuable. So <laughs> I was hoping we we could kind of wrap this. Up. I gave you
3: I gave you guys two blocks. You guys
2: got, two, plenty, right? <laughs> you got two blocks. So uh, we call like we call it like rapid science. So just ask your questions and and you know just try to try to spit the top of your head as, as quickly as yeah. Possible. Like, who in the industry did you look up to when you, you started out in, in the solar industry?
3: When I started, it was this it was this guy Nathan McCarthy who was my direct mentor, and he just had this like charisma. To lead the lead the room, you know we had a couple hundred employees uh, or uh, a couple hundred salespeople, and so he was my first inspiration when I started. What is one quote that resonates with you till this very day? Uh, okay, this is an interesting one. So there's this one quote I heard recently where uh, it's from David Goggins. He said, "In an army of a hundred, in an army of a hundred, ninety of them are just targets for the enemy. Nine of them do most of the work, and one of them is a warrior." Okay. Yeah, and so it kind of gives you the understanding of like. Yeah, there's very few that are willing to do the work and that you know can uh, can get it done. Yeah. What's Wally reading today? <laughs> I'm finishing up this book, Who, which is about solving your number one problem in your company. It's not what it is. It's it's about it's about hiring the right people. So this, I'm finishing this one. I've got this book. It's Jeff. It's all of Jeff Bezos' shareholder. It's like that every time. Every time we had a shareholder, that I'm reading it. it's pretty cool. So I read that at night and this one in the morning. You
0: is on uh, you were speaking earlier at the time, you know, adaptation was about two point five percent in the end of the solar industry. When do you see mass adaptation being? And what's the five, 10 year roadmap of that look like to you?
3: Yeah, I mean there's there's markets where they're at 20, 30, 40, even 50 percent. And so we're just we're we're catching up in the US. Over the next 30 years, you know, we'll be at if the industry doubles every two years, you know, we'll be at like 50% or so adoption. But then so that's solar. But then batteries catching up and the, the price is dropping like 60% over the next 10 years. So batteries going to come EV charging and then the system of how do you maximize energy between all of them. So, so to, to, to maximize the flow and so homeowners can make money by powering other people's cars or your car can go do deliveries for you at night. And so there's a whole ecosystem of, of renewables and sustainability that's coming. We're just getting started, it's just sort of the initial infrastructure. Um, so there's a lot and then again like like I said, no one's got it figured out even if they say they do There's still a lot of figuring out and uh right now The biggest improvement that needs to be made made in our space is software soft costs Uh, they've been going up whereas hard costs in our space have been going down So that's the biggest improvement that needs to be made then Then comes a lot of this other more exciting stuff. Uh, that's definitely gonna happen
2: About a 300 person company. Obviously, you're a very impressive person. We're, we're honored to have you on the show. Thank you, bro what would you say that the hardest part of being the CEO and what, what's the most rewarding after
3: that? Hardest part? Uh, for me, it's been, I'm making like hundreds of decisions a day and I've got a, I think I've got a good heart. Like I care about people and I've got to make some tough decisions, firing, letting go, you know, pushing when people don't get things done, be more blunt, and those kind of things that, cause I have to, I have to get things done. Uh, and so that's a little bit of a tougher thing for me. I've got, Still got to be compassionate, but I've got to continue driving for the most, you know, the most results, uh, the most rewarding, you know, that feel good when like, you know, you get good feedback from customers or employees and, uh, and I like closing deals to be honest. And so when, when deals are closed and you know, there's, there's money being flown our way as a result of, of the work, uh, that feels really good. You know, obviously more, more commas in the bank account is another one too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll just leave it at this it's like somebody that's aspiring to be you know an entrepreneur what's the one golden advice that you would give them you know to frame their mindset starting out
3: look it's a it's a journey and uh when i first started i used to want it badly i used to want it now and i used to like it's gonna it's gonna leave me if i don't get it now right like i was operating of scarcity and in desperation which is fine all of us do we want it now we want it quicker we want it within a year We want it within six months. We even want it within two years, but it's a journey. And like most people that get great at something, it takes like 10 years and that's fine, right? Like, look, the time is going to go by anyways. And so understand that, go through the journey, start where you're at and enjoy the damn fucking process. Cause it, if you know it's going to take time, like if you, if someone truly accepted that reality, okay, it's going to take time, then enjoy the fuck out of it, right? Like enjoy every fucking bit of it, because why not, you know, and I I would suggest that um, yeah, because it's like if you're going to why, why, why make it more difficult? Why not have, have fun when you're having the interviews and the conversations and be attentive and all that shit. So, uh, and, and then you love what you do. And it's, and I, and and the last thing here is you don't, you're not going to love every piece of it, but for me it's like how do i how can i love this and try to love more of what i'm doing it's a, it's you have to like do it intentionally it's not gonna you're not gonna wake up and it's by na- naturally you're gonna like to do the interviews and the calls and the meetings and it's good now you'll fall in love with it and you got to intentionally do it and that's what, what i think makes people successful what they do because they have to fall in love with the process and, they, and then they say they, they don't care if they get paid well because they love it right they've learned to love it so anyway that'd be that'd be my advice right, well
0: thank yeah. you so much <laughs> thank you
3: yeah yeah appreciate you guys this was fun this was fun guys i think you guys are gonna be massively successful seriously i think you guys have a unique opportunity and like i said any way i could help uh let me know um but this was definitely fun
2: yeah i mean mm-hmm. in the sense you bring the questions and get a little mentorship out of you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>